In this episode of Legendary Life, we're going to be busting nine of the biggest myths in fitness. Before we get to that, I want to apologize for the lateness of this episode. Giselle and I have been working on something killer, a program that is going to change everything for Legendary Life, and I'm going to be telling you more about it at the end of this episode, so, so make sure you listen to the end because you'll have a special opportunity to be in the beta test version. So I'll more on that a little bit later. I also want to say I've been reaching out to so many people to get those speaking gigs. If, if you are part of the Be The Change group, you know that my goal is to get five paid speaking gigs before the end of the year. So we have been reaching out to all types of events and I've got some gigs uh, so I'm well on my way to getting the five, but it takes a lot of work. In addition to that, I spent the weekend with my dad for Memorial Day because I haven't seen him since the beginning of, uh, or actually New Year's of 2016. And wow, did I need that a few days off from being in Miami, from my routine here, working, 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 training clients. So uh, if you haven't taken a few days off in a while, make sure you do that because it's just amazing. Every time you go away, you come back and you are just renewed. Just getting out of your environment, out of your routine can do wonders. And that was one of my... Uh, one of my strategies to reduce stress in my stress episode. If you haven't listened to that and you're under a lot of stress, make sure you check that out. Just go to legendarylifepodcast.com and type in stress in the search bar and that episode will come up. And last but definitely not least, I want to read the review of the week. This one comes to us from Ewok. 1385, like the Star Wars reference there. I'm a big Star Wars fan. The title is Fantastic Speaker, five stars. I love it. I was introduced to Ted at StyleCon 2016, where I saw his presentation on how sleep affects your life. It was an eye opener for sure, since I've always neglected my sleep. Opting instead to believe that it was for the weak or lazy. Since then, I've been a Fan of the podcast and Ted's work in general, I always find him inspiring and I come away with new ways to make my own life better. Awesome. Ewok, I really appreciate that. I appreciate the feedback, not just on the podcast, but on my sleep presentation. It was a killer time at StyleCon and I'll be speaking at StyleCon 2017. Aaron Marino asked me to speak right at the end of uh, the event. He already said, hey man, you got to come back next year. So I will be doing that. And I'm actually going to be speaking at some events this year that I will be inviting you to as well. Hopefully you can come, you can uh, hang out with me and some of the other amazing speakers that are going to be there. Perfect time to network, to build your, your Rolodex of cool people uh, or potential business partners or who knows. All that aside, let's get into the topic for today because I got a lot of ground to cover. So nine of the biggest fitness myths, and these are myths that are perpetuated by the quote unquote, uh, you know, people in, well, I don't know what I was quoting there, but people in magazines sometimes who don't really 
understand the nuances of training or not well-versed in the research, let alone the experience. Of course, I'm not all about what the science says. Sometimes the science comes along later to validate what we've been doing, but it's important to get a good mix of both, and that's what I'm gonna be covering here today. So let's get to the first one, which is myth number one. You should train each body part once a week. In other words, the bro split. Chest is on Mondays, back is on Tuesdays, legs are on Wednesdays, uh, biceps and triceps are on whatever. Okay, you get the, the point. That is not a good way to train. And why, why is that? Because there's always a why. And the issue is that research shows that you hit a workout to grow your muscle and that muscle grows for say one to three days, right? That whole uh, uh, stimulus adaptation recovery. So stimulus recovery adaptation, I got that almost a little backwards there. So you stimulate your muscles with a workout. You're weaker after that workout. So they need the muscles need to recover with rest, nutrition, sleep, etc., And then they adapt and get stronger. I mean, that's the whole process. That's how your muscles get stronger. And research shows that that happens for one to three days, then you're done. So if you hit chest on Monday and then you wait another six days to hit your chest again, then your chest starts to get stronger over that two or three day period, and then it starts to get weaker. So if you are stuck in the bodybuilding bro split cycle where you're following that routine, then step it up. This is something that you can change and start to get better results because it's it's just crazy how many people get poor results in the gym. And I want to change that. I want to show you it's just a matter of doing the right things. And it's not, the, it's not the magic bullets, it's the principles that you use. So the bigger muscles, like your chest, like your legs, like the low back muscles, otherwise known as your erector spinae, uh, those muscles may take two to three days to recover. But smaller muscles, like your biceps, triceps, forearms, calves, maybe if you're just working your hamstrings in an isolated way, that may only take one or two days to recover. That's why I say the second principle of exercise, the way I teach it, is frequency. Start hitting your muscles more frequently. If you're doing a four-day split, make sure you hit each muscle group at least twice a week. And the smaller ones, you can hit even more frequently. Okay, uh, we, I'm not going to get into detail exactly how to do that, but I will tell you this right now. Let's say you're working out three days a week. Make sure you do total body workouts instead of some split, like the chest on Mondays, back and buys on Tuesdays, or whatever it is. Make sure you hit all the muscle groups each time. Okay, that's that's a way to start to get out of this old school dinosaur thinking that we know doesn't work and get into something that we know does work. So higher frequency training. Chad Waterbury talked about that. I talk about it. 
and it can change your physique very quickly if you do this. Let's get to myth number two. Heavy weights build muscle and light weights get you defined. The first time I heard this one, I was 16 and I was in, I was actually in a strength training class in high school and it was actually a very good strength training class. It was called Bigger, Faster, Stronger. It was my first time that I got results from a workout because they had us lifting heavy weights and I got strong very quickly. But it's not true. Research from Brad Schoenfeld, who's been on this show, shows that you can get very similar gains in muscle by doing a powerlifting routine where you're lifting very heavy weight for low reps and a bodybuilding routine where you're lifting more moderate weights for higher reps. The key difference is the volume. In other words, how many sets you use. So think about that. Think about how many sets you're doing. If you're on the three by three by 10 or the three by 12, that's probably not the best way to build muscle. If you're on that tip, that's a typical bodybuilding rep range, right? Do three sets of 12 reps, bro. Another one that's not so great is the five, five by five or five, uh, or five by three, uh, five, three, one, sorry, five, <laughs> five by three works too, but, uh, five, five by five, three, one, any of those things, they're probably not going to be high enough volume to cause a change in muscle. Now it could be, especially if you've, um, if you're into periodization, like I've talked about before on this show and you came off of a muscle building phase and now you're going into a strength phase because you're doing some of what's called linear periodization, which is moving from one month to the next month. That's usually, it's usually months. People call it mesocycles. Uh, but mesocycles, you move from one mesocycle where you're doing, let's say, uh, you know, three sets of 12, and then you, the next mesocycle, that would be one month. And then you're moving to the next month, AKA mesocycle, and then you're going to be doing, you know, five by five or whatever it is, five, three, one, whatever it is. That would be linear periodization. That would probably work, but you got to look at that. So, you, you can, the point is you can build muscle with heavy weights or lightweights. It depends on how many sets you do, how hard you push yourself. And if you're someone who's really not pushing yourself in the gym, you might want to think about adding some more sets. If you're on the three, three by 10, three sets of 10 or three sets of 12. And if you're on the heavier routines where you're thinking, you know, you're, you're doing the five, three, one, the five by five or whatever other, uh, you know, four by four, the four sets of five, whatever it is, because all of them work. I mean, that's a story for another podcast, but think about adding some higher volume work in with lighter weights during like later on during the week and see if that doesn't make a big difference. Myth number three, body weight exercises don't build muscle like free weights. There's not really a difference between free weights and body weight exercises. The key difference, and by the way, look at a gymnast. Go talk to a gymnast and tell him that because they don't lift, they don't do bicep curls and 
bench presses and do all that. They don't work out to look that way. They do these exercises and they just, their muscles need to grow as a result of practicing these techniques. And uh, that's, as you may know, I'm on a body weight exercise routine now. I am not a gymnast, by the way, not even close. But the key, the big issue and why people say this is people don't know how to progress body weight exercises. And that's something I've been learning a lot about in the past couple years, ever since I, I got that injury uh, in a car accident where I herniated three of my discs in my neck, my cervical uh, discs. And that's what sent me on this thing because I was trying to do deadlifts and I was getting really bad uh, radiculopathy, the, the tingling in my fingers. And, uh, when I was doing deadlifts and lifting the heavier weights. So I, so I changed what I was doing. So the, the idea I'm trying to get here is you can build big muscles with body weight exercises. Look at the guys who practice gymnastics or gymnastic strength training. You will see some built muscles. The key is progressing exercises. Now it's very obvious what you need to do, let's say you're doing bicep curls and you're doing, uh, you're using 30 pound weights or 35s or whatever. You're, you just go up five pounds, right? Well, you use the forties because that's heavier. So you may have to do less reps, but now you're working a heavier weight. That's easy. But what do you do if you have a push up? How do you add weight to that? Of course, you could put a weight plate on your back. You could, uh, there's, you could wear a weighted vest. You could do like my buddy, Raj Law. He puts a belt around his waist, puts his feet up on a bench, uh, put, puts the weights on the belt, of course, and does push-ups off of a barbell to let the weights hang loose. But you can, here's another way you could do it. Let's say you're doing push-ups from the floor. How do you make that harder? How do you make the load on your chest harder? Well, what you could do is put your feet up on a bench. Now, all of a sudden, you've changed the leverage and gravity is coming down even harder on your chest than before. Just most people don't know how to do that. And most people don't know what the proper, they don't know enough about physics or you know biomechanics more specifically to change that but you can and i specialize in doing that and i think bodyweight exercises are some of the best things to do especially if you're a person who is getting older and the weights are beating up your joints and you're starting to become less flexible and you're losing joint range of motion aka mobility Bodyweight exercises are a great way to start building up your muscles in a way that doesn't restrict your range of motion and still lets you feel like, oh, you know what? I still feel like I'm light and athletic. So know that it isn't, and, and just to expand on this a bit, it's not the exercises, it's the progression of the exercises. And that goes the same with using kettlebells or barbells or dumbbells, you have to find a way to, to push yourself harder with the exercise. And it's not just about doing more reps and it's certainly not resting less, which let's get to uh, myth number four, which is you shouldn't rest more than one minute in between sets. 
wow, this is such a common thing because people think that, well, if I only rest 30 seconds or a minute, it's so much harder than if I rest two minutes or three minutes. Here's the problem with that thinking. And I'll tell you, this is something that I have to deal with with my clients a lot, with new clients in particular, because they're paying me for an hour and they're thinking, wow, I just did a set of exercise that lasted maybe 20 seconds or 30 seconds. And now I'm going to wait two minutes or even three minutes to do it again. And then you think about that in terms of an hour and you're like, man, that's not, you know, what am I doing? I'm paying to sit around. That doesn't make sense. However, it's not about you applying the laws of economics to your body. Okay. It's about what, how your body is built. The laws of biology trump economics. That's what I always tell my clients. It's something they understand. The laws of biology, laws of human biology trump uh, business laws, okay? There's just no way around it. No way at all, okay? So here's some research done on this. Longer inter, the name of the study is longer interset rest periods enhance muscle strength and hypertrophy and resistance trained men. So the purpose of the study was to investigate the effects of shorter rest intervals, one minute, compared to longer rest intervals, three minutes. And all the other, so they got one group of people and did that one minute rest. They got another group of people to do the longer rest, the three minute rest, but they used the same exact workouts and they did three total body workouts per week kind of like what I've been recommending to you, right? Three sets of eight to 12 repetitions on seven different exercises per session. Then they tested pre and post study for muscle strength and muscle endurance and muscle thickness of certain elbow uh, elbows and certain uh, muscles in the body. And they found that maximal strength was significantly greater for the squat and the bench press for long compared to short rests. They also found that muscle thickness, in other words, the amount of muscle growth, was greater, significantly greater for long rest periods compared to short rest periods. So while you may feel more by resting less, you get worse results. And I don't want to get into why that is. I'll get Brad back on the show or someone else who can explain the mechanisms if you're interested, but just know that allowing yourself to fully recover two to three minutes, and you don't have to rest three minutes, but you can rest two minutes. You can experiment and see which one brings back your strength. And what I'd love to just drive home here is that think about lifting weights as a sport. So you wouldn't go out to throw a football or to do a tennis serve and go, yeah, man, I got to really push myself hard to throw this football over and over and over. And, you know, I, I, I take short rests so I can keep going out and throwing the football over and over because then your football is not going to be on point when you throw it to the receiver or your serve isn't going to be in bounds when you keep hitting it, even when you're fatigued, right? You start to lose control. So what I tell my clients and what I want to tell you now, and this is what I practice, is you rest long enough to feel like you're strong and in control of the set and in control of the form of the exercise. Not only will that 
lessen the injury probability most likely, but you will get stronger and bigger muscles. There you go. Number five, you can, you can crunch your way to six-pack abs. This is something, again, that I deal with a lot of clients on. And my, my uh, perspective on this has changed the way I incorporate core training or ab training, whatever you want to call it, into workouts has changed over the years. But there's still a lot of people who think, oh, I want, my, I want less of a belly, so I work my abs more. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that at all. If you want to see your abs, you must do a combination of exercise. In other words, training, let's not even call it exercise. Let's call it training hard and smart, of course. Of course, if you're training smart, you're training hard, but you're doing it in an intelligent way. You're not going in there and busting yourself up. And also diet and also sleep, right? And that is what leads to great results in you seeing your six pack. But if you do a bunch of sets of crunches and you do hundreds of crunches, you may burn some body fat simply because that's what exercise does. It increases the number of calories that you burn, but is not the best way to get what you want. The best way to get what you want to see your six pack abs, because we all have a six pack, just some of us have more covering over the six pack than others. The best way is to really focus in your training, be intelligent with your training, train hard, make sure you can make sure you're recovering and also keep your diet in check. And I'm not going to go into nutrition right now because uh, it would take a long time. But follow basic habits like eating protein and vegetables at every meal. And if you're on a fat loss kick, then maybe cut back on the carbs or cut the carbs completely. Okay, just make sure to eat more vegetables so you get some carbohydrates. You don't want to be carb free. I'm not a big fan of extreme diets like ketogenic diets. Not at this point. Maybe my perspective will change later, but um, just follow good solid rules of nutrition. And if you do that, that's what creates your six pack to show. Let's move to myth number six, which is, oh, you don't have to work your abs if you do the big lifts. Now, some of you have never heard of this myth because you don't listen to strength coaches. You learn from fitness guys in the magazines. But if you talk to strength coaches like Charles Polican, a very famous strength coach who he, he was on the Tim Ferriss podcast, although Charles has been around. I, I've known Charles. Uh, I met Charles back in 1999 and have been learning from him and had his now out of print book, The Polican Principles, way back in like 1999. But he said this, and this was something people said for a while. Some people said, you don't have to work your core if you do the big lifts. What are the big lifts? If you're doing power cleans, if you're doing squats, back squats, or even front squats, I guess is a big lift too, but uh, overhead presses, overhead barbell presses, deadlifts. You don't have to do core work if you're doing the big lifts because your abs get enough, your core, abs, whatever, uh, get enough work when you do those big lifts, that is not true. 
Look at a gymnast. I want to refer back to gymnast because there's so much truth in that. If you wanted to get your biceps bigger, another thing that people say is just don't don't do isolated biceps and triceps. Just do pulling and pushing exercises and your arms will get bigger, which is true. However, some of us like me, I don't get my arms are I don't want to call them a weak point, but my back and my chest get developed more easily than my arms do. My arms, it's harder for me to grow my arms. Now, some guys aren't like that, but it's harder for me to grow my arms. And you may be like this too. And uh, if you wanted to grow your arms and you had that thing where it's like, yeah, well, I'm doing the pushing and pulling, like everybody said, the compound movements, because those build muscle better than just bicep and tricep bicep curling and tricep extending away, you you would be like, well, it's not working for me. And so you would do some isolation work and you'd see a big difference. So I've been, ever since I quit doing jujitsu competitively, I didn't, I don't train my abs nearly as much. In fact, I'm not training jujitsu at all right now. I'm still in the recovery phase with uh, my, my neck and some of the other injuries. So I do work my abs now. And I want to say, if you're one of those people who don't work your abs consistently, you need to start putting them in your routine. And I'd like to put them, I'll give you a a quick one. If you're not working heavy lifts, if you're not working in the five, let's say six reps and under or five reps and under, put them at the beginning of your routine. If you care about your abs, you care about the health of your back, and the uh, mobility of your back, put your core work at the beginning. Now, if you're doing heavy lifts, if you're working heavy, if you're doing the five, three, one, the five by five, the whatever, four, four by four, four sets of four, whatever you're doing, do the ab training at the end because you don't want to pre-fatigue your core before you start trying to lift heavy. That's probably a very bad idea. So don't do that, but make sure you're doing some direct work to your core. And your core is more than just your abdominals. Your core is think of crunching, think of side bending, think of rotation, and think of extending your low back. And those are the basic movements that you should be doing with your core to train your core. So let's get to myth number seven. You must train until failure. Now, let's go back to the whole thing where training more frequently and, um, you know, I I said you should train more and bigger muscles take only two to three days to recover. Smaller muscles may only take one or two days to recover. So you're like, well, I should really train hard all the time. Not necessarily. There's something called nervous system fatigue, central nervous system fatigue. And if you push yourself too hard with heavy weights or to failure, it can take a long time to recover from that. So there are weeks that you should push hard and you should push to the limit and do what's called overreaching. It's not overtraining because overtraining is when you get weaker, you feel tired, you don't sleep well, you have trouble going to bed, you wake up feeling tired. That's overtraining. It's not good. But overreaching is when you're really pushing yourself, you know you're pushing yourself to the limit, 
and you're and you're feeling like you're still strong and you're still in the game, but you're like, wow, I'm going to need to take some time off for this. That's okay. But if you go 100% week in, week out, you are actually taking away from your results. You are taking away from your gains. So what I want you to do, what I do with my clients, I start them off easy week one. And if you're a training, if you're a client of mine, you know, you know how I do things. Week one, it starts off easy. Week two, it gets a bit harder. Week three, I really push you hard. And then week four is a deload week. And that's what I want to recommend to you. If you're in a hypertrophy phase, add more sets every week for three weeks. Try to add more sets every week for three weeks. Of course, start easy the first week. That's key. And then take a deload. And what you can do is just drop the reps in half for that deload week. That's what I do. So if you're like doing five sets of 20, you would just do five sets of 10 with the same weight because that's you're keeping the weight the same. So there you go. That's a way that you can keep going and not train to failure, but still get that one week every week where you're really pushing yourself. You're really overreaching. Next one. Myth eight, high intensity interval, interval training is the best way to lose fat. Okay. Um, this is a bit of a controversial thing because the research shows that it is pretty good for losing fat. However, I don't think that's what you should be doing all the time. I see people jacked up, injured, all the time because they're doing high intensity interval training. For one, a lot of people do high intensity interval training wrong. I was listening to an interview with a trainer the other day. She seemed really nice, but she was saying she does interval training with bicep curls. That's not how you do high intensity interval training. You're not going to be jacking up your heart rate with bicep curls. I don't even care like what weight you're using. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And she was talking about doing a Tabata too. So it's 20 seconds on 10 seconds off repeated eight times. And that's a total four minutes. If you're doing bicep curl Tabatas, you are training with someone who doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Okay. There's no other way to put it. Uh, it's not a bad thing to do that by the way, but it isn't high intensity interval training. So I just want to be clear. You can do a 20 second on 10 second off interval with bicep curls. You could do that. I, I would probably pick the ropes like the battle ropes. That would be a much better choice than doing bicep curls, but Hey, you could do it. It just isn't high intensity interval training. And by the way, the ropes probably would be high intensity interval training, but here, let me get back to my main point here, which is you should only do high intensity interval training for a month and then go back to either hypertrophy training, which is muscle building, strength training, and incorporating aerobic exercise. Most people think that they can just do high intensity training all the time, CrossFit or whatever it is. Um, that's, that's okay, but if you're not getting the results you want from it, or if you feel like you're starting to jack yourself up because you're not recovering properly, you're starting to get aches and pains, you're starting to feel like, oh God, you know, oh, I can't believe I got to go back and do another one of those high intensity interval training sessions. You can lose a ton of fat 
by moving through a strength phase, a hypertrophy phase, a deload phase, uh, and doing aerobic exercise. And guess what? You will feel better. And I want to especially talk to the people who are under a lot of stress. Perhaps you're not sleeping as much or as well as you should be. You should not be adding to the level of stress you're under with the high intensity interval training simply because you read somewhere or some dumb trainer told you that that was the way to go. And super controversial because a lot of people talk about how great high intensity interval training is. And in, to get a better view, a better perspective of that, I want to refer you to Joel Jameson's podcast uh, on, on Legendary Life where he goes into the stress recovery, the training recovery cycle and talks about why you shouldn't be doing that. And the people who get the best results do a mixture of strength training, muscle building training, mobility training. I haven't even mentioned that at all today. And aerobic exercise because high intensity training does not make your heart stronger. Everybody says that. Oh, I'm doing weights with cardio, bro. It doesn't work like that. That's not how the human body works. Anybody who says that does not know how the human body works. You need that venous return to the left ventricle of your heart, stretching it eccentrically over and over and over. You can also listen to my interview with Alex Viata, another expert. And there's just so many people who get this, but way more people who don't get this. So if you want to be in awesome shape, Make sure you use a combination of aerobic training, mobility training, just going to throw that one in there again, muscle building training and strength training and cycle through those. And yes, you can throw in the high intensity interval training for a month after a strength session. Um, in fact, here's what you do. Start with hypertrophy or muscle building for four weeks, a mesocycle. Then you move to a strength mesocycle for a month. Then after that, you move to a high-intensity interval training mesocycle. And if you did that and then cycle back through there, you would get in great condition. You would get strong. You would get muscular. You would get big muscles. You would be a complete beast. And that's the way to... Um, that's the way to get in shape. And then you put the aerobic training in each of those cycles to help maintain your aerobic fitness, to help your heart stay strong, to help recovery and reduce the stress that you're under from your life and also your training. That's how you can be a badass. Okay. So myth number nine, you can't build muscle if you're quote unquote older. Now, this is not a myth that I hear in the media or from experts. This is something that I hear from my clients over 17 years again and again. And the fact of the matter is, and if you're someone who th says this or thinks this, you all you need is a good program. All you need is a good program. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be a Olympic champion or professional athlete or go on to win the CrossFit Games. Maybe not. But can you build muscle? Can you burn fat? Can you look amazing? Can you get in better shape than you would have ever dreamed of at your age now? If you do the right program, I want to say yes. 
I want to tell you yes, because that is what I do with people. And that's why I'm so excited to introduce the CEO Strength Program. It's the only online program designed to help busy entrepreneurs to reach peak performance in all aspects of their lives. So yes, we will cover training, we will cover nutrition, but we're also going to talk about managing stress, increasing energy levels, boosting productivity, and performing at your best generally. And of course, sleep, right? You know I'm huge on that. And ask any successful CEO if they hire coaches to perform better at work and or in fitness or in life. And if they're honest with you, they will say yes. Just listen to my interview with John Gunzi, the CEO of uh, Restoration One, or my interview with my other client, um, Javier Lombreras, CEO of the Hedge Fund, which I can't remember the name of at the moment. But he is, they're both, they hire me because they need a coach to help them perform the best in the gym. But this CEO strength program is going to take it to another level. So the first step is finding a good mentor right? And I hope that you feel like I'm that person after all these years that we've been together. If you've been listening to to the show for a while, perhaps you're new, go back and listen to more episodes. If you're not completely sure if I know what I'm talking about, or, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm a true expert, I'll leave that up to you to decide, or if I'm even right to be your coach. And I'll tell you, another good step to finding a good mentor is understanding that you can actually benefit from having one. Now, I don't know about you, but I love being coached. I love being coached because I know I can read a book, I can write, read an article, I can try someone's workout that I read online, I can try some things, but if I have someone who sits down with me one-on-one and tells me, oh, This is where you are, not anybody else, not most people, not some people, but this is where you are. And here's how you get better. That's what I'm into. And that's what I love doing for my clients. So I'm a person who believes in coaching because I benefited from coaching. That's how I went on to become a a jujitsu champion. That's how I've learned a lot in business. That's how I've learned a lot of things in my life is because I hired coaches. So I'm a believer in this idea and I believe that it's incredible if you have the right person. Of course, you have to not only believe it's the right person, but you have to actually like the person too. So going at it alone is admirable, but it's a highly flawed approach to taking on the world. And I want to tell you, I'm now accepting applicants to join my CEO strength program. So if you want to recharge your health and achieve peak performance, go to legendarylifepodcast.com slash coaching. That's legendarylifepodcast.com. You know my website because I keep saying it over and over in every episode, but slash coaching and start to transform your life. And if you still have any questions, you can always reach out to me, but you you may be wondering, like, I'm not going to do a lot of marketing to promote this. If you're on the list, you're going to get a few emails, but I'm not going to do a real fancy 
marketing plan to, you know, whatever, to try to push this forward. You know, if you've been listening for a while, you know who I am. You, you know what I know. You know that I get results with people. You've heard me interview some of my clients. You know the type of people I work with. And um, so, so if you're interested, go to legendarylifepodcast.com slash coaching. Um, so you may have a few other questions and I want to answer them now. Um, I'm doing a beta test for this. This is something that I'm going to be building bigger and bigger, and it's going to involve corporate wellness consulting. Um, it's going to involve a lot of things, but I want to work with you if you're interested. And if you join today to the beta program, you're going to get $297 in bonuses, things that I have not given out before. You're going to get 24-7 support with a coaching app to track your progress, to help you get faster results. We This is something I've already been trying out. I really like it a lot. And it's a way for me to stay in touch with you while we're not together. It does require you to put in some, some work and to post things and, and, and that sort of thing. But it's a way to get results to change your habits because that's the biggest part with all of this. You got to change your mindset and you got to change your habits. If you do that, everything falls into place. Another thing you'll get is you'll get the new workout program every four weeks. And so if all the stuff that I've said here today or said in, in the podcast in the path, path, past sounds confusing to you, then I will be doing that for you. So every four weeks, I'll be taking you through a journey with your workout, doing all this, the hypertrophy, the strength and the high intensity interval training, making sure you're getting aerobic exercise and plenty of mobility work as well. You're going to get a meal plan based on this cookbook that I use. Uh, you will get biweekly classes on stress management, productivity, sleep, nutrition, biohacks, supplements, living a healthy lifestyle and more. This is going to go way beyond just health and nutrition. This is going to be more, this is more about what I'm passionate about, peak performance. Yes, you need a workout. Yes, you need all the other things that involve health and fitness, but I want you to be successful in much more than that, including I want you to be a better professional. I want you to make more money. I want you to have better relationships. That's my goal for this. Changing people's bodies is fairly simple. I've already told you a bunch of myths and ways to do it all on your own. You could do it all on your own. I want to do that for you and a lot more in this coaching program. Uh, you also get accountability. We'll put together a Facebook private group, but the coaching app is really key. It's going to show me, I'll be seeing what you're doing. Did you do your workout? How many glasses of water did you drink? How did you sleep? All those things. How many steps are you taking every day? Because some of us think we can just work out three hours a week, then sit on our butts at work, sit on our butts at home, sit on our butts on the way to work in our car and on the way back because we worked out those three hours a week and it's not enough. So I'm going to see what you're doing. I'm going to see your habits. I'm going to help you dial things in. You're also going to get... Fitness and nutrition made simple for busy people. It's a special webinar that I've uh, did in the past. Just a bonus that I'd like to throw in. Um, and everything 
I believe that you need to reach peak performance in your life. So it's the CEO strength program. It's online coaching with a single focus, your success. Now the regular price is going to be $197 per month. And I'm offering an early bird of $97. There's just 10 spots available for this beta test. And it won't last long because I'm sending an, uh, an email out to everybody on my email list. And not all of you are on it. And probably some people who don't hit, who listen to every uh, episode are on it. So, because it's all the be the change people and all the all the different groups that are all the different things that we've launched. So I'm going to be sending that email out. But if you're interested, the regular price is going to be $197 per month, and I'm offering an early bird of $97. And there's just going to be 10 spots available, and it won't last long. So if you're serious about optimizing your health to perform better in your life, not just in the health and wellness, the health and fitness, but in much more than that, this is the right program for you. And if you want me as your coach, go to legendarylifepodcast.com slash coaching now and sign up. That's all I've got for, for you. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'm looking forward to seeing you in CEO strength.